Will the Miami Hurricanes have the depth to compete with teams like Texas A&M and Clemson on the road? Here are some sleeper players that we think are poised to break out. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame on the Miami Hurricanes radio network. And thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen each and every day. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and also available free on YouTube. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel for those watching us. Hit that thumbs up button and be sure to subscribe. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I absolutely love this as the offseason, we're in the dog days of the offseason, but fall camp is going to be here before we know it. We're starting to hype up some of the big games Miami is going to play this year, including at Texas A&M, at Clemson, home against Florida State, all those ACC coastal matchups that we love so much. But we went to our Twitter at Locked on Canes. You can follow us at Locked on Canes. We will follow you back. You can also follow my personal at Alex Dono, Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. And this all started from one of our listeners named Mitch, who's at Maniac Kane Mitch on Twitter, who said, who is your dark horse offensive and defensive player this year for Miami football? His nominees on offense, Elijah Arroyo, tight end. That's a really good one. A couple good ones on defense as well. Chance Williams, and to Corey Couch were his nominees. So he gave you somewhere, uh, someone from the defensive front and a defensive back. Now, let's start with Elijah Arroyo. Sophomore tight end, I agree wholeheartedly. That's got to be one of the top answers on your board. This guy has the explosiveness and, of course, the size and strength you need at 6'4", 240, and he's still growing to be the next great in line of Miami football tight ends. Like, I... I think he's got even more upside than Will Mallory. Like, I'm glad Will Mallory came back for his senior year. Uh, he's penciled in to be the starter at tight end, the first guy you see on the field. But I think Elijah Royal has even more long-term upside, man. Five catches for 86 yards last year, uh, a touchdown last season. I liked his lone touchdown was a nice long grab of 29 yards. And, guys, we know when it comes to tight ends, Josh Gaddis, Miami's new offensive coordinator, Loves utilizing the tight end. So between Mallory, Arroyo, I like Jaleel Skinner as well, the true freshman. I think he's another big one for the future. you got a couple more on the depth chart. You're going to see a lot of tight ends get playing time this year. I think we're going to see some serious good depth in that tight end room. And, man, Kane Mitch, maniac Kane Mitch, you took that one right out of my brain with Elijah Arroyo. I absolutely co-signed. I think this guy is a sleeper who's going to have a breakout year this year. So he also threw in – you cheated a little bit on your own question, though, Mitch, because you you implied you wanted to give one offensive and one defense. You gave a pair of defensive guys. We'll start with the Corey Couch at corner or at nickel. I agree. I think he's going to have a really good year. And Miami secondary – I don't know if it's just me drinking the Kool-Aid on that secondary depth chart, but I think Miami is absolutely loaded in the defensive secondary. So I, I like that shout out as well. I like the one for Chance Williams as well at the end. 
he should be one of the top rotational guys in there, like one of the top four guys in the DN rotation. Two and a half sacks last year. Uh, I think he's going to get closer to five or more for this season. I, I think that Miami's pass rush is going to improve this year. They've added some really good talent there. You know, Mitchell Agude coming in, Akeem Mesidor coming in. So there's a lot to be excited about with the pass rush, and that was really, really lacking last year. Miami had a, a down year from an edge rushing standpoint after you know, having Jalen Phillips the year before, you know, having uh, Gregory Russo had his big breakout the year before that. So I, I think the dip is over, and I think we're going to go to the moon with the pass rush this coming year. So we got others chiming in on this. Breakout players for 2022, sleepers for Miami. Guys who, you know, didn't necessarily have big years last year. A lot of the players that got thrown out there are guys who were – True freshmen who didn't get a whole lot of playing time because they redshirted last year. So this one's really interesting. You want to talk about sleepers. Rodney King on Twitter gave us a pretty deep sleeper here. So let me know, guys, in the comments on YouTube, on our podcast, and on Twitter if you agree. So on offense, he goes Michael Redding the third wide receiver. And on defense, Thomas Davis from the defensive end rotation. Uh, let's start with Redding. He's a redshirt freshman. He just had, you know, last, he's actually been on the roster the last couple of years because, you know, guys were getting extra pandemic years and all that. Last season, just one catch for three yards, very limited work. I think Michael Redding is talented. You know, I like his, uh, he's got decent size. He's 6'2", a little over 200 pounds. I think he could still probably put a little more meat on his frame. He's just going to have to fight his way up through a lot on the depth chart. Uh, at wide receiver. I mean, personally, now, would I mind seeing Redding break out? Absolutely not. He puts that U on his helmet. I root for all these guys to have big years. Personally, I think that when you talk about sleepers breaking out at wide receiver, I think a guy like Romello Brinson is more likely to be a sleeper at wide receiver than Redding. I think that's a guy who's going to turn some heads. And there are some other names at wide receiver who – uh, you wouldn't call them sleepers because you would you would hope and expect Xavier Restrepo to have a really big year. Uh, Keyshawn uh, Smith, uh, Brashard Smith, you would expect to have big years. Jacoby George, you would hope and expect to have big years. So if you're looking for a sleeper at wide receiver, I like the shout out for Michael Redding, the third. Uh, I think a guy like Romello Brinson is a little bit more likely. But let's talk about Thomas Davis. I could definitely see. Thomas Davis on defense really stepping up and breaking out. Uh, he's going to be another heavy rotation guy at defensive end. He's he's a little bit undersized, but he's a track athlete. So he's got that explosive speed coming off the line. That's natural pass rushing. And usually, and this is a young guy, I think he's another redshirt freshman. Usually the way that I look at it, as long as you have the height, even if you don't have the build just yet to be a pass rusher, you take an 18, 19 year old or a 17 year old out of high school. If, if they're, if they don't have the girth and the weight just yet, but they have the height and you've got track type speed. I think the sky's the limit when you talk about developing these players. And I think, yeah, I think Thomas Davis uh, could really add a lot because natural pass rusher, great jump off the line. I like that shout out quite a bit. Uh, we got a tweet from DS as far as players who are going to break out, sleepers who are going to break out. 
Now, he broke the rule a little bit because instead of giving me an offensive guy and a defensive guy, he gave me two defensive guys. This would be a welcome sight, though. He said, number three and number four on defense. He's talking about a pair of linebackers. Gilbert Frierson, number three, and Keontre Smith. Now, Frierson, I thought, was one of the standout players in the spring game for Miami back in April. I thought he had a very good spring overall, so he's definitely on the right track. Uh, both Keontre Smith and Gilbert Frierson both projected to be starters in 2022. Last year, Frierson Smith, they were seventh and eighth in tackles, respectively. I think Smith also has the potential to break out. And here's the good news, guys. If they both have breakout years, Keontre Smith and Gilbert Frierson, then Miami's in really good shape because projected linebacker starter along with them, Caleb Johnson, the transfer, I think is going to have a huge year. So if you're talking about three linebackers having big years and a couple of sleepers stepping up, Miami's in good shape. And why not? Why not linebackers stepping up and having big years? Let's remember who coaches that unit. Some of the best coaching in the country at the linebacker position. Charlie Strong is in coaching Miami's linebackers. And you have seen Charlie Strong coach linebackers excel wherever he's been and whatever his job title is, whether he's been a linebacker coach, a defensive coordinator, or a head coach. The linebackers always eat under Coach Strong. So I like that. Here's a tweet from our good pal ATM, All Teams Miami. He says now, and he admits it in here, I don't know if these are sleepers, bro. <laughs> I don't know if I would consider these sleepers, but he says, I'd go with the two Smiths at wide receiver, Keyshawn and Brashard Smith. Uh, he said, I'd throw Romello Brinson in there. Now, okay, Romello Brinson is, I would consider that a sleeper. I don't know about Keyshawn and Brashard Smith, though. He says, it's hard to find sleepers, he admits. I'm excited for this team. Uh, I've not predicted more than eight wins for any Canes team in 14 years, but I honestly see 10 wins this year. So how about that, ATM? And, and I know ATM has been chatting with us a lot. Um, his view on he thinks coaching is going to make a big enough difference this year, like a big enough immediate impact. Cristobal and all the all-star staff he's brought in, ATM tweets to us a lot, and he thinks there's going to be enough of an immediate impact that – Miami is really going to surge this year compared to last year. Now, of course, we get this as well. We get trolled a little bit. Are we getting trolled by a Florida State fan, Florida fan? No. We're actually getting trolled by one of our own, Better Duck, on Twitter. If you all know Better Duck, he doesn't have a whole lot of nice things to say about this roster. So when I asked on Twitter what sleepers are going to have a breakout year, Better Duck responds, Nobody, he says, roster is scrapes. Still players that gave up 300 and 250 rushing yards to two jag running backs in the same game on the one team. He's talking about that disaster 62 to 26 a couple seasons ago against North Carolina where Miami gave up like a million rushing yards. He's talking about that. He says they'll end up in tears just like they did after folding to FSU. Rick and Diaz ruined the program, and it's going to take 10 years to fix it. He says, 10 years. And here I'm thinking we might be able to fix Miami football in two to three years. Better Duck says it's going to take 10 years. So thank you guys so much for the tweets at Locked on Canes. Keep it locked here because we have a lot more coming up on this episode. Uh, we're, we have some quotes from Mario Cristobal on 560 WQAM in Miami 
talking about how he's trying to establish a culture of constantly competing. And then we also have, guys, how about this? ESPN released their top 100 college football games this coming season, and we got some Miami games in the mix. Which games and how many? We will talk about that here on Locked on Canes right after we talk about Bet Online, Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find out the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. And guys, you can see odds for some of Miami's biggest games next year, like Texas A&M, like Clemson, like Florida State. You can see whether Miami's dogs or whether they're favored. You can get all that at betonline.net. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So I, I like uh, a lot of what came out from Mario Cristobal on a recent interview on the Hurricane Hotline on 560 WQAM down in South Florida. Uh, and kudos to David Lake of Inside the U for transcribing a lot of this. So Mario Cristobal wants to establish a culture that is constantly competing. Now, before I read some of these quotes to you folks, I want to make a callback to something we talked about on yesterday's episode. Chip Patterson from CBSSports.com talked about where you draw the line in 2022 between a successful year one for Cristobal or a failure, less than successful. I don't know what term you want to use to describe it there, but anything under success. And he drew the line same where that I, same place that I draw the line. You got to get to the ACC championship game. You got to win the Coastal. Um, anything below that, I think you consider a failure of a season, right? That's where I draw the line between success and failure. But it was something else that Chip Patterson said in that piece that really got me thinking that, hey, at least the guy writing this gets it. I know Mario Cristobal gets it, but the guy writing that piece understands it because, okay, Mario Cristobal, he didn't come to Miami for a career stepping stone, right? He looks at this as the job. This is his dream job. This is the job that he, you know, he wants to make this his thing, right? I mean, I'm sure he would love to be Miami's version of what Bobby Bowden was at Florida State, for an example. Like he, this is his destination. That's one thing. He's also not just coming here because, hey, they offered me a job. They offered me a lot of money. Let me collect some checks. No, Mario Cristobal, he understands how much work and what type of work has to come to rebuilding this program. That's why I think a hire like this is so important, right? You didn't just get some big name coach asking for a lot of money. Who's just going to come in, try to improve your win total for a couple of years. And he's going to look for an NFL job or a bigger college job. No, Mario Cristobal actually understands the sort of resources, the sort of commitment, the sort of fundraising that needs to go into this, the sort of recruiting that needs to go into this in the area. You start in South Florida, you work, you work your way out from there. 
like Chip Patterson captured it well. Cristobal understands just how much work needs to go in to making Miami a top-tier football program again. And I think that's why it's so important because Miami has fallen off over the last couple of decades. Cristobal understand, understands what it's going to take to build it back up, and that's just his side of it. He understands it on the field as well as far as what these players need to do. He says competition needs to be brought in, embraced, and really appreciated. Now, remember, Cristobal played at the U from 1988 to 1992. That's one of the best four-year stretches in program history. He was a part of two national championship winning teams, 89 and 1991. And yeah, at every position, Miami was three, four deep with hungry guys who could have started at virtually any other university in the country. So he understands what it means to bring in that depth and competition. He says... It is the concept of getting on edge and staying on edge, Cristobal said, making sure that it feels like fourth and one every day when it comes to the work. If you can accomplish that, then your mentality will then lead to a great identity and physicality, and then you are on your way to doing some things that can be successful. He says, the volume and intensity were the biggest aspects that were different. So that's he's talking about there, because when Cristobal came in, Right. You've got some new players, transfers, freshmen. You've got a lot of the players that were on the team last year, and they got away with a lot under the Manny Diaz regime and probably under the Mark Rick regime previous as well. They got a, they got away with some laziness. Okay. And Cristobal had to try and put in a little culture shock from day one. So this is him talking about how that went with his players quickly adapting to his style. The volume and intensity were the biggest aspects that were different, he said. That is challenging. I have been in a place where there is no humidity and it's 55 degrees all the time, talking about Eugene. So the volume, intensity, and these elements makes it challenging, he says. He says the best thing about all these guys is they understand the simple concept of the only thing that can prevent this, te this uh, team from having success is us. And the egos have to be checked at the door, he said. Now, I wouldn't necessarily say that any time in the last 20 years, but you know what we used to say about Miami, 80s, 90s, 2001, 2002? The only team that can beat Miami is Miami. We always used to say that. You know, a program like Alabama has been able to say that for the last 15 years under Saban. The only team that can beat Alabama is Alabama, that if we lose, that's on us, right? If we play to our best every single Saturday, Every single college football playoff bowl game, I'm talking about Bama, not Miami. I hope Miami gets back to those things that, you know, if Bama played their game, they could beat anybody on the planet. We need to get Miami back to those uh, those type of days, he says. Um, There's no room for egos, he said. Division from within is not an option, he said. Let's make sure that everything we do is about finding solutions and making ourselves better, Cristobal said, challenging each other and lifting each other up. He says, we're looking forward to working with each other. He said, we understand that there will be some painful steps along the way, but we are equipped to handle those. We will need to learn and teach as those come along. So all of those quotes tell you, Chip Patterson, CBS, he hit the nail on the head. I don't often say that about national guys covering my local teams. They tend to get a lot of stuff wrong because they just don't have the perspective. That dude had the perspective, right? Because you hear those quotes from Coach Cristobal on Hurricane Hotline. Don't you get the clear sense? 
he understands the type of work and the type of effort that it's going to take to put Miami back on the top of the mountain. He's not here for his resume. He's not here strictly for the paycheck, although I'm sure getting a little over $8 million a year is nice. <laughs> that's not uh, that's not his mission statement. His mission statement is to bring his alma mater, the program where he won national championships as a player decades ago. He wants to bring Miami back up to that level. So I thought that was really cool after seeing the Patterson piece yesterday and then seeing these Mario Cristobal quotes. The guy gets it like he he absolutely gets it. And it's not a one man thing. Right. I mean, I, I think something that it gets lost on a lot of football fans is putting everything on the doorstep of the head coach and understanding having the right staff. It's as important. Right. Because Mario Cristobal, he can set the tone for how the recruiting gets done. He can set the tone for how the practices get done. But he needs his lieutenants implementing everything. He can't be in every single freaking living room of every recruit every day. He's got to have his assistants out there doing it. It's why he assembled a staff of really good recruiters. And then even on the field, like when you're talking about the drills being done in practice, yeah, Cristobal is going to do some one-on-ones with the offensive line. He's going to do a little bit of micromanaging on a lot of different units because he's a detail-oriented guy. But the real teachers are his assistants. The real teachers are the Alex Miraballs and the Frank Ponces and the Charlie Strongs of the world. And so you have to have, pun intended, a strong staff in order to get that stuff done. And so that's another reason why I believe Mario Cristobal is going to succeed at Miami. I know we're going to hear it from the Oregon fans, bro. Just, just wait till game day. This guy's going to blow it. He's going to piss away every big game. He's not going to know how to use his timeouts. He's not going to have his guys ready. I'm hearing a lot of that banter, and that's fine. But I think, number one, Cristobal in Miami, I think is a perfect fit because of where he came from and now being back here. And then number two, yeah, the way he's been able to put a staff together. And I know some of these guys are going to come and go, right? Like you you can't expect Charlie Strong to be on this staff for three, four, five, maybe not even two years, right? I mean, you know, so some of the assistants are going to use these jobs as a stepping stone to get to where they want to be. But I think you see Miami's got the budget and they've got the magnetic pull right now where they're going to replace some of these winners with other winners. And when you surround yourself with coaching talent like this, I think that's another reason why Coach Cristobal is actually going to succeed at Miami. And then, yeah, it also helps that the ACC Coastal, year in and year out, the most wide open division in college football. So you may not have a whole lot of uh, resistance there in your own conference. All right, when we come back, we got a pretty incredible list Top 100 college football games for the year 2022. How many does Miami have on this list of top 20 games coming up for next year? I am Alex Dono, your host of Locked on Canes. Guys, make sure you subscribe to our audio podcast feed, uh, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Click subscribe, support us. You can listen on the go, in the car, to and from work. And yeah, if you want to get us via video, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked on Canes and hit that thumbs up button on this and every video. We really appreciate you guys 
So top 100 games for the 2022 college football season. ES or sorry, it was actually uh 24/7 Sports, not ESPN. My apologies. 24/7 Sports put out this list of top 100 games coming up. Now, I think based on the last week, we can all guess what the number 1 game is on their list. I'll give you 5 seconds to think about it. Number 1 most anticipated college football game this year. You ready? Texas A&M at Alabama on October 8th. <laughs> just, I want it just for the post-game handshake. Now, I, I don't know if there will be a post-game handshake, but do, does Saban or Jimbo, does one of them go in for the handshake? Do they give each other the death stare? Do they do they just throw fists out there? <laughs> like, Oh, that's going to be tremendous. You talk about a grudge match, right? They could put this game on pay-per-view and everyone would still watch it. Texas A&M at Alabama on October 8th. That is must-see TV. So where does Miami appear on the list? Top 100 best for this upcoming season. So the highest entry that Miami has on this list is Texas A&M. So Texas A&M on September 17th at Clemson on November 19th. The other games on this list that Miami has ranked, this is a piece from uh, caneswarning.com. Miami actually has three more on the list, right? So, And I wouldn't have thought that. You're telling me how many Miami games will 24-7 sports continue to be top 100 games this year? My guesses would have been Texas A&M, Clemson, and Florida State because it's Miami, Florida State. That's, you know, I don't care what the records are. It's a big game every single year. So Texas A&M, Clemson did make the list. Then there are some surprises. The other three games named by 24-7 Sports, Pittsburgh at Miami on November 26th. That's the last game of the year, last regular season game of the year. So that could be the battle for the Coastal, right? Uh, that was the 69th ranked game of 2022. North Carolina at Miami on October 8th. That's the 79th best game for 2022. Uh, you guys know me. I um, I'm really starting to feel that North Carolina hatred. They've had our number in recent years. Mac Jones has had our number. So yeah, I'm pumped up for that one on November eighth. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, and Miami at Virginia Tech on October fifteenth, ranked 89th. So here's a surprise, guys. How far has that rivalry fallen? Is that a misstep on their part? Is this an oversight? Florida State at Miami didn't make their top 100. Now, I know the opening line for that has Miami favored by nine and a half. Florida State did beat Miami last year. I haven't forgotten about that. But still, man, I, you know, they don't think Florida State's going to be very good next year. But how do you not include Miami and Florida State as a top 100 game in college football I feel like that's an insult to that. One of the greatest rivalries in college football. I feel like that's an insult. So uh, here's, by the way, I mentioned the Texas A&M game and the Clemson game are the highest games that Miami has on that list of, of top five college football games in the, in the top, sorry, top 100. These are the highest on the list. Um, the Texas A&M game is number 20 on their list, September 17th at College Station. And the Clemson game, was 24th on their list. That's November 19th at Death Valley. And 
my hope would be I would love to see both of those games wind up on college game day, right? I mean, obviously college game day is better when it comes to your town, but still when it involves your game, right? If they're at college station, they're at Clemson, South Carolina, that's still nice to have the college game day crew out there. So my friends, we appreciate you so much for tuning into another Locked on Canes. Make sure you tune into tomorrow's episode, Wednesday episode. We're going to talk uh, about everything Miami football through a betting lens. A member of the Locked On family, my very good friend Lee Sterling from Locked On Bets is going to join us on tomorrow's episode to talk about Miami's win total, to talk about Miami's odds to win the ACC, Miami's odds to win the Coastal, Tyler Van Dyke's odds to win the Heisman. If Lee Sterling thinks we should lock in any of those futures on Miami, we're going to talk with Lee Sterling from Locked On Bets on tomorrow's episode. So make sure, make sure you stay tuned for that. And again, make sure you subscribe on all the audio podcast channels, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and make sure you subscribe and hit the thumbs up on YouTube as well. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Tulin give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and of course, big boards. Follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We will talk to you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.